This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Praise the Lord. Dr. Hansen, how are you doing tonight? Good. How are you doing, Shannon? Hey, doing great. Everybody, welcome aboard. I'm excited about this opportunity to be on once again with uh, Dr. Jonathan Hansen for the warning broadcast coming to you live from Stanwood, Washington, site of World Ministries International. Hope you will invite someone to tune in tonight. We've got a full stream on, 10 networks going. Dr. Hansen, would you like to open us up in prayer? Father God, we want to thank you, dear God, for again, one more opportunity to present the gospel. We thank you, dear God, what was accomplished so far on Omega Man, what was accomplished, dear God, in our services at my wife and I held in the Seattle area to pastors and leaders. Tremendous move of God, a challenge to the pastors, to the apostles, the prophets, bishops of righteousness, of integrity, of twisting the word of God, of moving with an unstoppable passion. We thank you for what was accomplished in those meetings today. Father God, bless this service right now on Omega Man, that people be blessed and encouraged and strengthened give you glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, Shannon, what I have tonight is a program that I did with a leader called Reverend Emmanuel Ziga. And then also when I taught on how to protect your soul. I am going to play that conference part of it on your program because I know you like flat out preaching, apostolic, prophetic. That was all there today. Now, sit back and enjoy Reverend Manuel Ziga, church leader in the Seattle area, and then how to protect your soul. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I want to welcome you to the radio program Warning. Also, those that are watching on television, social media, or our Warning shortwave program, welcome. I have a special guest with me, a Dr. Emmanuel Ziga. He's the president and founder, as well as a general overseer of Grace for All Nations Ministries International. Also, Grace Business Forum International, and the founding pastor of Sunshine Christian Church. Dr. Ziga's enthusiasm to encourage ministries, business and political leaders, and other visionaries is noteworthy. The strong gift of prayer and the prophetic mantle on his life explains even more the Christian leader that he is with an exceptional drive for purpose, exploits, integrity, and excellence. He is married to Tiffany, and they reside in the east side of western Washington. Dr. Ziga, welcome to the Warning Program. Thank you. My pleasure. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, 
Apostolically, prophetically, I recognize who you are already. Mm. You were busy today. I was busy today. And the Holy Spirit sort of said, hey, stop. You guys need to get together. Yeah. So I appreciate a man of God that is willing to flow with the Holy Spirit. Stop what he has doing. Change his schedule. Because with that type of person, you can let God do miracles. A lot of times people interfere with the miracles of God because they don't change their plans. God wants to move and, and they don't listen. So I already uh, deeply appreciate you, Dr. Ziga. Thank you. Now, I read some of the things you're involved with. Uh, excellent. I did a little bit of research on you, and I, I, I like what you're doing for the kingdom. Thank you. Now, we started talking, and uh, the conversation was deep. And so I want you just to share, uh, you know, where you're at. I mean, obviously, I could go into each one of these, but share where you're at even maybe where you're going, the burden on your heart. And you and I have discussed the importance that uh, the bride of Christ must step up to the plate. It takes prayer. It takes being true ambassadors, being able to represent Jesus Christ. Because when he ascended, he's not going to come out of heaven to do our job. We have a job to do. Apostolically, prophetically, as the bride of Christ, we're the salt of the nations. So we have a job to do. Yet, prayer is critical. And I shared with you the importance of prayer. I know I have fasted a much, several times, 42 days, because I was going into countries where I was afraid to go, like Rwanda, where they were slaughtering people. You know the story in Rwanda. Yeah, yeah. They killed <clears throat> 1.3 million people in three to six months. God gave me a word for the president and the parliament, but it took me 42 days of fasting to overcome my own fear and intimidation and deliver the word. So Dr. Ziga, uh, I want you to share, uh, just as I introduced you, what is God speaking to you? What is your burden right now? Well, thanks so much, and uh, it's a joy to be with you. I also recognize the grace of God on your life, the mantle you carry, the mandate you carry, and the vision you have. I shared a little bit earlier on on the subject of the industry of the anointing. Yes. How God puts grace on one man, and it produces the different facets of of, of, of creativity and creative avenues yes. that the Holy Ghost uses to get the job done. Right. So uh, I appreciate you and thank God for people like you. Uh, you literally not just carry the word, but I see the manifestation of the word in reality. Yes. In each tangible form working in your life. And may God bless you and preserve you. And uh, I do feel that the next generations need you. So may God strengthen you and uh, open more doors and and also establish roots for you in the nations that will be watered by the spirit by many generations to come thank I you call you blessed because god has blessed you well thank you yeah i also have had a burden for the nations uh, but one key I, I think God has given to you and I and us all is the key of prayer yes uh, he told the, the disciples jesus in Matthew chapter 16, that I give you the keys of the kingdom of, of heaven. And whatsoever you bind on this earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you lose on this earth shall might have been lost in heaven. Yes. Uh, that scripture presents a tremendous amount of authority and power given to man through Christ Jesus. But he said that whatsoever you bind on this earth must have been bound in heaven. Which, yes. Which means we don't just go binding 
we don't just go losing. That's right. We bind based on what heaven has bound. Exactly. And then we enforce that on the earth. Exactly. We lose what heaven has loosed and we enforce that on earth. The key to enforcing all those is the key of prayer. We enforce the authority given to us by heaven. Yes. When heaven speaks, our amen is praying it through. There's a difference between praying about something and praying through something. That's right. You know, many times we pray and it's just about introducing the subject. But it takes the intercession, it takes the consistency, the continuity, and carrying that pregnancy of the Spirit through by prayer. And when you have the note of accomplishment, you know it is done. That's right. The church needs to come to that place again where we don't just pray about something, but we pray through that thing. It has uh, to be. It has to be. Uh, in the days during the, the recent election, presidential election, there were several prophecies being, being I would say, uh, released around. And most people just distributed the prophecies. But I was burdened in the course of all that, that everybody is talking about prophecies, prophecies, but nobody's praying the prophecies through. A prophecy is an, uh, an inspiration from the Holy Spirit, revealing what exactly the will of God is and what the plans are. It's our responsibility to take those that have been prophesied into our lives, to pray them into manifestation. Amen. And so there are many prophecies hanging on around the world, but few praying people taking those, because a prophecy is like a seed which gets into your spirit that must be managed through prophetic pregnancies into manifestations of birthing. Excellent. I pray that God will raise more, more prophetic midwives who will give birth, who will help uh, inducing the counsel of God into manifestation in the nations. Today, we have, we have people who love prayer, but not everyone wants to pray the price of prayer. Yes. Uh, and, and nobody wants to spend time with God. We want to spend 45 minutes with a nice preaching. We want to spend three hours watching a movie. Jesus Christ spent 30 years on this earth preparing just for three years of ministration. No wonder he produced results only what God could do through a man who is well prepared, was well prepared, and was willing to pay the price and to handle the, the, the mandate with commitment with vision, focus till the end, like Jesus. You're exactly right. I know I know. an illustration we could say is when the Lord directed uh, Joshua, he had to walk it through like you said, yeah. and they had to follow through the instructions from the Lord and walk around Jericho those, those days yeah. to see that manifestation come into reality yeah. and the victory. Yeah. And uh, I know I took a team in 2010 to the capital, six to eight hours a day in serious prayer. And God gave revelation, including uh, seeing the octopus over Congress, touching all of the branches of, of, uh, of the Capitol, whether it's the Senate, the Supreme Court, the House of Representatives, the White House, and exactly what demons represented and were inside of those buildings and how to come against them. Yeah. But again, prayer, six to eight hours a day for a solid week, and God continued to give revelation. Most people aren't serious about prayer, Dr. Ziga. Yeah, you know, you know, like I said, uh, this, the, this election, the way it turned, uh, many Christians were disappointed. And because they had so much prophecy, 
but had him pretty through. Yes. And uh, so it wasn't because God did not come through. It wasn't because God did not speak. But it was because we didn't take it into prayer. Yes. To, to birth. Yes. To birth. Yes. To birth what heaven had already re already released. The word of the Lord comes by prophecy and that's the seed. We have to nurture it by prayer, by intercession, with thanksgiving and expectation and hope with faith and willing to wait for the Holy Spirit to bring to pass what I, heaven. I think that's brought. why they call it spiritual warfare. Yeah. We are in a battle. Yeah. And the reality is much of the church doesn't know how to battle anymore. Yeah. yeah. We've got to get right back to the basics. Mm -hmm. If we want to say boot camp, mm -hmm. we must know how to intercede. We must know how to pray. Yeah. And what you said about binding and loosing, we must know what the will of God is. Yeah. We, we can't get out of it and pretend yeah. we make up our own rules. Yeah. That's so important. Yeah. I know I wrote articles on binding and loosing. Mm -hmm. But uh, no, that's excellent, Dr. Ziga. I know that you're, you're going off on some trips and... Uh, I know you have a burden and a mantle and a uh, assignment on what you're supposed to accomplish. You want to share some of that? Yeah, well, we, uh, one of the nations we are going to is Scotland. And uh, many years ago, the Lord spoke to me and said, I've given you Scotland. Scotland. I've called you into Scotland and go and redig the wells. <clears throat> so I shared a little bit earlier that I, had, I was speaking in a conference in Manchester, England, and there was a prophet who came from Scotland to attend the conference. After the conference, he invited me to come to Scotland. Very naively, I didn't want to go. Okay. Uh, but politely, I kind of accepted and uh, hoping that somehow God will take me out of the engagement because I thought I was busy. And I said to myself, nothing was happening there in Scotland anyway. Well, I, I was wrong. Uh, for three weeks and more, each time I was really deep in prayer in God's presence, I saw that same prophet again and his invitation repeating like what happened to Paul okay. when he had the dream. Yes. A, a man from Macedonia come and help us. And Paul, the Bible said, and Paul said, for we perceive that the Holy Spirit was leading us to go to Macedonia. Well, so that happened to me. So one day I called my friend again in, from Manchester and I said, do you remember... Uh, the prophet who invited me from Scotland, he said, yeah. He said, and I said, can you please just call him and tell him if he could get two or three pastors, uh, I would come. I would, I would come because I knew that the Holy Spirit was, was putting that nation on my heart over the time. Well, whilst I was on the phone in this conversation, suddenly the Holy Spirit intercepted the phone call. And the, the other man was in Manchester, was here in Washington, in Bellevue, and the Lord said, I am not sending you to two or three pastors in Scotland. I'm sending you to the nation and the people of Scotland. Whilst this was going on, the, the telephone handset was still on my ears, and then I saw a vision. I saw a vision of the land of Scotland, and I saw many wells, many wells, but they were all dry without water. I said, Lord, why are these wells without water? He said, these are the wells of the ministries of John Knox, Smith Wicklesworth, and many others, whose ministries should have been the water in the wells for the many generations to be drinking out from now. But the wells are dry. Yes. Go and yes. redig, redig the wells. I do believe that God in this season is not only redigging the wells of the past ministries, 
but he's doing a double portion project. As the wells of our fathers have been redacted, we are also continuing to take the world's dimension to the next level. Good. Uh, because uh, the, the call is like a relay race. You know, our fathers began, we take the baton, we move it into the next level. God came to Moses and said, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The same vision, the same momentum, the, the same God, different generations, different people of the same bloodline. We have the same bloodline, the bloodline of Christ. Yes. And we are to take the mandate from generation to generation. The baton is in our hands. Yes. The baton is in our hands. We have to connect to, to the wells of the old. In other words, don't deviate from the ancient pathways. Uh, don't, don't, don't walk away from the original platform of the principles of our fathers. Uh, we must run based on the principles. We are carrying the same vision Paul had. We are carrying the same vision Jesus Christ established. And our children's children will carry the same vision. But the different generations need strong leaders who will not drop the ball or slow the pace or slow the speed. But carry the, the, the vision with the speed of the spirit, with the light of the spirit, with the speed of heaven. Finishing without distractions, without giving attention to the things on the left or the right, giving attention to the carnal things of this world will, will bring a slowing down, sometimes a daring to abort the vision. I pray this day that the Lord God of heaven will inspire us, will call those who have been called, who are ready to run, to finish well. We must not finish only well, but finish according to the, to the inspiration of God. We should never lose fellowship with the Holy Ghost. He is the one who has been given to us as the only friend of the church, the Holy Spirit, the only companion, the only teacher of the church, the only paracletos of the church, the standby of the church. He is the, the, the friend of the bridegroom who has come to prepare the bride. And he is looking forward, yearning. The Bible says, don't you know that the Holy Ghost yearns jealously? The Holy Ghost is jealous. He's yearning for the bride to rise up. He's yearning. Many times we want to see the Holy Ghost, but he wants to see us more than we want to see him. He is a jealous, yearning spirit. And I pray that those who are listening this day, remember this, that the Holy Spirit wants to be with you more than you want to be with him. He wants your attention. He wants to, he wants your attention more than you want his attention. He is yearning. He is desirous and, and yield your life to him. Don't just surrender. Yield. Many times we, we, we surrender. We don't yield. The difference between surrendering and yielding is that, for example, a policeman overpowers a thief. And because he's overpowered, he surrendered. Yes. But when he has any leeway, he will escape. And he has not, not yielded. But a man who is yielded when he's arrested, even when there's a, an opportunity to escape, he doesn't. He stays yielded. Many Christians, when there's an opportunity to escape, sometimes we do. But I pray that we shall move from surrendering to yielding. He, he wants to use yielded vessels, broken vessels, vessels who will say like Jesus in Gethsemane, not my will, but your will. May we lay down our wills today, today, and let the Holy Ghost fill you to overflowing. May he ride the race through you. All he wants is to borrow your human body, borrow your tongue, let him fill you. He will finish well. 
he would do the job. Well, you're exactly right. I know some weeks ago I did a message on the head and the body. And, you know, we get our direction from the head, but the body has to follow through. Yeah. And if the body doesn't follow through, the head isn't coming out of heaven to do our job. Mm. We have to follow through. Yeah. We have to finish well. Yeah. But we have to, again, fill the wells. Yes. Fill the wells, like you said, in yeah. Scotland. Yeah. Because America, uh, we've the wells, so many of them are dry. Yeah. Uh, Israel, so many of them are dry. Yeah. We've got to fill the wells again. There's got to be a fresh anointing. There's got to be the power of God. There's got to be the Holy Spirit. There's got to be rivers of life flowing all through these places. And I'm so happy that you understand these things. I'm very happy that I met you today, Dr. Ziga. But we've got to fill the wells again. There's got to be another great awakening. Dr. Ziga? Well, you know, uh, the kingdom is a teamwork. Yes. God is a team player. That's why he never loses the battle. That's right. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, inseparable. Jesus prayed and said, Father, that they may be one, even as we are one. Yes. It's a prayer that has been registered in heaven, but must be answered on the earth. Yes. And the Holy Spirit is here to make us one. Good. Because prayer, the, the prayer of Christ must always be answered. And Christ is looking forward to us being one. Because he presented that prayer. The Holy Ghost is yearning to make it happen. And when we are one, being one does not necessarily mean we, we all agree. But it also means that we have to disagree to agree. You just have to let go your, your own challenges, yes. your questions, yes. your pain. And let's all agree on one thing. That Jesus Christ, he is Lord, we agree. That he is, he is the head of the church, we agree. Yes. That he died because of love, and we agree. That his love is shed abroad in our hearts towards one another by the Holy Ghost. Once we disagree on what is weakening us, and we agree on what is strengthening us, we will finish well. May we continue to work together as a team. The kingdom of God is a team. The, the bride has a network of the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. And your network determines your net worth. If we are networked together, that's our value, our worthiness to do anything. And nothing shall be possible. Nothing shall be stopped when we begin because we are one. And may this oil of oneness, this anointing of oneness, this revelation of oneness, this inspiration of oneness, and may this prophetic grace of oneness bind us together, keep us together, lead us together, hold us together, package us together, and give us victory as one people. So we can all say, we win, we fought, and God gave us the victory. I'd like to conclude by saying that victory is not a reward, it's a gift of God. For the race is not uh, for the swift, the battle is not for the strong. It is God yes. who, who gives. Yes. So may God give us victory for every endeavor we invest into. May God, may God take the reward, but give us the victory. We bless him. Amen. Thank you for this opportunity. Amen. Amen. I'll tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, as we get out of the way, then the Holy Spirit can flow through us. Mm. Again, pride, the flesh, my will versus God's will. You know, selfishness is the will of man. Righteousness is the will of God. When God started to change my life and clear in 85, I had to get out of the way. 
I had to forgive a, a person that had done something to my first wife that's with the Lord that uh, in most places they could have executed him in most countries. Mm. I, I had to remove my hate. You know, um, righteous anger is to bring restoration, to bring him to God. Unrighteous anger is for destruction. I had unrighteous anger. I had too much pride. I had to get out of the way. And it took me five years of chastening uh, and where finally I recognized my pitiful state. And I said, God, forgive me. God, forgive me. Some people call me a pastor. God, forgive me. And uh, I, I asked God to forgive me. And then he said, leave your gift at the altar and make it right. I knew what he wanted me to do. I didn't feel like it, but faith isn't going by feelings. It's going by the word. So I talked myself into it. Get up, drive, get out of the car, knock. He opened the door. I said, I've hated you. Will you forgive me? It broke. It broke. And I, and I loved him then like a father. And I went uh, to the church where I was a lay pastor. I was still in law enforcement. I said, some of you have called me pastor, but you know I've hated a man. Yeah. I've asked God to forgive me. I asked him to forgive me. Yes. I want you to forgive me yes. for being a hypocrite. Yeah. Now follow me as I try to follow Christ. Yes. I had my first supernatural dream, Dr. Ziga, that night. I saw myself traveling the nations, meeting with the leaders I do now, uh, speaking to the masses. I saw apocalyptic events. I saw death lines. But I also saw the heart of Christ, which was broken. And I said, Lord, why is your heart broken? He said, because my bride is in love with the world more than me. I said, why, Lord? He said, because of the pastor behind the pulpit. I came out of that with such a deep burden. I started resigning areas of responsibility and started traveling the nations. Basically, in Elijah, John the Baptist ministry, repent and be baptized for the kingdom of God is nigh. Now, certainly not every pastor, but when we get in the way, God can't flow through us. And your message is get out of the way. Let God flow through you. Let God deal with you. Let him flow through you. And, and this is a situation I had to get out of the way. We all have to get out of the way. And we can have the greatest move of God this world has ever seen. Dr. Ziga? Well, you know, the, the kingdoms of this world are supposed to become the kingdoms of our Lord and his Christ. That's right. That is the word of the Lord. Yes. So in all the things we do, we need to have that ultimate vision that the kingdoms of this world are designed to become the kingdoms of our God. Amen. It's a design of heaven. That's right. And heaven is expecting us to deliver that. <laughs> and he's given us the anointing to deliver. That's right. He's given us the grace to deliver. Yes. He's given us the covering to deliver. He's given us the inspiration to, to deliver. deliver. <laughs> the, the, the subject of the Great Commission, you know, when Jesus Christ spoke his last word, his commissioning word, to his people, his disciples, his apostles the, at the church. He said, go into the nations and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Well, the word baptism is so much more deeper than the word evangelism, the way we see it. We see evangelism as what it is. But God gave Jesus the mandate to be transferred to us that we are not just to evangelize the nations, but to baptize the nations, to dip the nations in God, in Christ, in the Holy Ghost. That's right. My question is, what does that look like when a nation is truly baptized in the Holy Ghost? When the nation is truly baptized in Christ? When the nation is truly baptized in God? Because it says clearly that baptize them in the name of the Father. So what does a nation look like when they are baptized in the Father? What does it look like when a nation is considered baptized in the Son? What does it look like when they are baptized in the Holy Ghost? And the Bible says, and teach them to observe. 
So all these verbiages from Christ makes me see that it doesn't really look completely like the evangelism we see today. Yes, yes. There must be something deeper than that. That's my prayer today. The Lord, teach us to baptize the nations. What does it look like? How do we make it happen? Is the evangelism strategy working? Is this what exactly you mean? Lord, speak to us. That's where my heart is now. Lord, what does it look like? Show us the way. Amen. And teach us to baptize the nations. Amen. I, I like that. Yeah. Disciple of nations, baptizing them. Yeah. Letting them move with a power and authority that God gave each one of us if yes. we would just tarry yes. and receive his dunamis, his released energy. Yes. Again, I've been having on my program today, Dr. Emmanuel Ziga, founding pastor of Sunshine Christian Church. Where's that located? It's in Bothell. Bothell. Just, yeah, just close to the freeway, 405, exit 22. If you're in the area, why don't you pay him a visit? Sunshine Christian Church. I think if you have heard his heart, you'll know that this is a church worth going to. Again, Eagle Saving Nations, go to my website, www.worldministries.org, www.worldministries.org. Click on Eagle Saving Nations. Subscribe. We need to once again have this transformation, this great awakening, and we want to get into the stadiums and the arenas. We want to see God move and baptize us, as Dr. Ziga said, baptize this nation. God richly bless you. Reverend Dr. Jonathan Hansen has written a book titled The Science of Judgment. God is predictable. There is a scientific pattern for the rise and fall of nations throughout history. We need to understand the laws or the rules of design regarding prophecy and judgment. When it comes to the laws of judgment and prophecy, denominational or personal belief systems have nothing to do with the reality or the certainty of the rule of judgment. Dr. Hansen's objective is to warn leaders of nations of the second coming of Jesus Christ and the plagues or judgments that are coming upon these peoples and nations that reject Jesus Christ as Savior according to the Scriptures. Dr. Ronald E. Cottle, founder and president of Christian Life School of Theology, states that this book is a must-read for Christians and other leaders in the United States and in other nations. It is clear, powerful, and well-reasoned. We all owe a debt of gratitude to Dr. Jonathan Hansen for the years that have gone into the research and writing of the science of judgment. This book has more than 300 pages, divided up in five sections. Part 1, The Science of Judgment, has chapters titled such as The Laws Regarding Prophecy and Judgment, Patterns of Apostasy, Purpose of Chastisement, Standards for Justice and Mercy, God Forgives When People Repent, God Holds Nations Responsible for What Leaders Do, Parental Responsibility, The Feasts of the Lord, Solomon's Transgressions and Their Consequences, Righteous Kings versus Evil Kings, Example of King Jehoshaphat, Ungodly Alliances, God is Predictable, God Holds People Accountable, Man Can Turn into an Intelligent Beast to Do Evil. Section 2, The Deception of the Theory of Evolution, has chapters titled as Problems with the Theory of Evolution, Evolution and Racism. Darwin's Hatred of Christianity and Its Fruit. Section 3, Why Must There Be Judgment, has titles such as The Fall of America and Her Destruction, Cult Christianity, Radical Liberal Politics. Section 4, Kings, Dictators, and Presidents, with the following chapters listed as People Choose Their Nation's Leaders, Qualifications for Godly Leadership, Romans 13, Delegated Authority, Satan is in charge of this world, not Jesus, If laws violate conscience, we must disobey. 
Finally, part five. So what must we do? These chapters are listed as, we are in a cultural war, our responsibility to a hostile government, the Christian's science of judgment. With turmoil ever increasing throughout the nations as Bible prophecy is coming to life right before our very eyes, one must read the science of judgment to have a clear understanding of these events and the reasons why. Call 360-629-5248, 360-629-5248, that is 360-629-5248, and request your copy of The Science of Judgment for a donation of $35 or more, plus shipping and handling. Thank you, and shalom. This is Jonathan Hansen. I want to welcome you all to the Warning Television Program. Those that are listening on our radio program, shortwave program, welcome, or watching on social media. This is a live audience. We're in the Chapel of World Ministries International, and uh, we want to speak today on how to protect your soul. How to protect your soul. Uh, deliverance, I spoke on that last week, how to keep your deliverance. So this is really like a one-two punch. How to protect your soul. Second Chronicles 2015, do not be afraid or discouraged because of the vast army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. But God's. We should not be discouraged. Yes, our enemies are all around us. But God is with us. Ephesians 6, 11 through 12. Put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. How do you protect yourself? Your will, your mind, your emotions. How do you protect yourself and keep your deliverance? Keep your salvation. Again, we want to remember these verses. Second Chronicles 2015, do not be afraid or discouraged because of the vast army, no matter what situation you're facing, no matter how many enemies you have. Greater is he that's with us than he that is against us. That's what the word of God says. For the battle is not yours, but God's. I represent God, and it's God's battle when my enemies rise up against me. My family, whether they attack my family, my person, whether they attack the nation. If I'm in the will of God and representing God as his ambassador, the battle is God's. We need to remember this. Primarily, we are in a spiritual battle. We need to understand that and we need to put on the armor of God. Ephesians 6, 11 through 18, it tells us what we need to be properly dressed to face the enemy. What should we put on? Every soldier going to war has to put on his armor, has to carry what he uses to protect himself and to fight. One, loins, truth, verse 14. Simply put, loins are the area of our bodies that deal with reproduction. Now again, Ephesians 6, 11 through 18. Gird your loins, Scripture says. 
We are to reproduce the truth of God's word in our society in the dispensation in which we live. Last night, I did syndicated radio, television, went around the world, and I shared on some heresy, cult, activity, false prophets, prophecies. We have to share the truth to bring people out of that deception. Truth takes away deception. Prayer brings conviction. You can't just pray about it. Jesus gave you and I that responsibility to represent him when he ascended. He said, go tear it until you are endued with my dunamis, my released energy, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Then I will continue to do miracles through you. I'm not coming out of heaven to do it. You are. But you'll have my power and my authority. We are in a battle. We need to represent Christ if we're going to win this war to save a nation. You're in a battle if you want to protect your family. Because all around you, whether it's movies, public schools, public universities, culture, they're attacking your beliefs. They're trying to remove God out of it. Trying to destroy their faith. Trying to let spirits, evil spirits, enter you, control you, possess you. And they want to have those spirits you to commit suicide. Psalm 119, 160. Thy word, O Lord, is truth. Knowing the word of God will keep you adequately dressed for the fight. We see the effectiveness of knowing the word of God and putting it into action. Matthew 4, 4. It is written, the only way to fight the enemy is with the word of truth, just like Jesus said. Satan tries to tempt Jesus. Hey, I'll give it all. Just jump it off. Jump off the cliff. Well, that violated the word of God. The word of God says, don't tempt the Lord thy God. And Jesus just said, thus it is written. We defeat the enemy, whether it's evil spirits or mankind that are serving evil spirits, with the word of God. For sins bring judgment on a nation. I don't care what anyone says, any president says. Any replacement theology says, the emergent church, the mainline churches, four sins bring judgment on a nation. Idolatry, immorality, killing the innocent, and dividing the land of Israel. That will always remain. That's the word of God. God doesn't evolve. He's not an evolutionist. Man likes to change the word of God to fit his own morality. God doesn't change. Number two, breastplate of righteousness, verse 14. Proverbs 14.34, righteousness exalts a nation. Righteousness, the will of God, exalts and protects. And God honors that nation. We used to have that in America when we became the greatest nation in the history of mankind. The vital function of breastplate in war is to protect the torso from the injury. The torso is one of the most vulnerable areas of the body because so many major organs are located there. God wants us to protect ourselves from the enemy's attack. Jesus secured our righteousness through his shed blood. We got to partake of his righteousness when we come under his lordship. Part of our salvation is taking on the right standing with the Father that was paid in the process of our new creation citizenship. God is not holding anything against us because of the righteousness that Jesus secured for us. 
Praise the Lord. His righteousness. I am justified. I don't have to be perfect. I am working out my salvation. I am becoming more and more like Christ. The old me is dying. And I'm putting on the armor of God. And the new me, Jesus, the Spirit of God, is now getting stronger and stronger through my life. God understands my weaknesses, my temptations. He came in the form of man. He knows exactly what I'm going through, what you're going through. And he has promised you the victory if you put on the full armor of God. You will have the victory. Amen? You will have it. I will have it. Everyone watching or listening, you will have the victory. You can go into battle with a peace of right standing with God. Through any maneuver or tactic that the enemy tries to send your way. It doesn't matter. You can have the victory. You are righteous in Christ. You don't have to hold your breath wondering what God is thinking toward you. My God loves me with an everlasting love. My God forgives me every time I repent. He doesn't hold it against me. He doesn't reject me. Keep me at bay. Make me pay a little bit before he receives me back. That is all man's, carnal man's ways until he becomes more like Christ. We call it sanctification. The Bible announces that his thoughts toward us are good and not evil. To bring us to an expected end, Jeremiah 29, 11. The accuser will work to take your eyes off that truth. I have promised good things toward you. I have a destiny for you. You are righteous. Don't let him steal the assurance from you. It can just be that weakness that the devil needs to attack. As your torso is unprotected. Do not doubt. Trust your protection. Trust your breastplate. When I was in SWAT, we wore bulletproof vests. You had to trust in that vest. Or you'd never go into the dangerous situation where you could be killed. You trust in your training. You trust in your armor. You trust in that protection. You trust in one another. That works as a team. The church must work in unity to defeat the enemies. I went to countless emergencies. I'm still here. If we didn't work as a team, I could have been killed. Once they were coming upon me with a rock to smash my head and my backup got it. Not got the rock, but got the person. Or I wouldn't be your husband, honey. <laughs> we had to trust our team. One another, our training. And the church has to trust their God and trust each other. Amen? In this room, we are a team. We are family. We protect and trust one another. Pray for one another. Defend one another. Not accuse one another. The accuser will work to take your eyes off that reality. Remember to put on your breastplate of righteousness. In other words, know who you are in Christ Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Three feet, the gospel of peace, verse 15. Again, Ephesians 6, 11 through 18. Make sure you put that down and read it. Have your feet covered with the good news of peace. We are peacemakers. Though know us by our love. We restore relationships. We don't divide relationships. We don't say, I will not forgive. You better be careful. God won't forgive you then. And you wonder why your prayers aren't answered. Change your attitude. Come on, can you say amen? 
we have to change our attitude at times. That's the point of becoming more like Christ. Our carnal attitude constantly changes till we become a reflection of Jesus Christ. What a powerful position. God is covering our feet so that as we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, which if the Lord doesn't come, one day we will all do, which is what these battles may feel like at times. We don't have to fear any evil thing. I could tell you so many stories of attacks around the world, sitting in jail, jail cells for the gospel's sake, not for anything I did, persecution, threats of death, yet I reminded myself that God is with me. God is with me. Angels are around me. And God will give me the victory. And nobody can touch me unless he allows it. If he decides to reward me, praise God, I've been promoted. But we don't fear death. And we don't fear other people. Because God is there. Angels are there. Not only is he with us, our feet or the vehicle of our movements are that of peace. We do not go for retaliation or vengeance. Knowing that we can be at peace in the good news of the gospel, that God is at peace with us, therefore we are at peace with him and we can be at peace with others. If we stay in peace, we have peace. If we don't like to forgive, let me tell you, let me tell you, are you at peace? No, you're, you're confused, you're messed up. You're angry. You're short-tempered. You want peace? Be at peace with God and your fellow men. Carrying that message to the world requires a steady foot, strong steps, and courageous balance. Our feet are to be covered so that we aren't tripped in battle. When peace is present, there's a comfort and a clarity. Clarity. The mind isn't confused. No matter what confusion or violence is around us, you say, my, I'm always confused. Well, get peace with God. Get unconfused. Have peace with God. God is not the author of confusion. If we are always confused, something is wrong with your soul. God is not the author of confusion. He gives us shoes for the battle, the gospel of peace. For the shield of faith, verse 16. Faith is a battleground, a fight that you must win. But faith has another side to it. That same faith that you are battling over is also a shield about you. Your faith will keep the arrows of fire from penetrating you as you walk through diverse temptations. Jesus walked in the form of man, but sinned not. Turned back every type of attack that man had against him. Walked right through the crowd that wanted to throw him over the cliff. Rejected every temptation from Satan or any perverse woman. Forgave constantly. If a person repented, he immediately forgave. We are supposed to be peacemakers. James 1, 2 through 4, count it all joy, my brothers. When you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith. In other words, what is your faith? How are you going to react under temptation? How are you going to react when somebody uh, talks about you or talks about you many times? If you're an employer, you can fire the person and should if they don't quit. But you still have to love the person. 
You love the sinner. If you have family members that are sinners, you're going to love them. No matter how much you're disappointed in them, no matter how much they lie about you, you are still going to love them. And pray they will repent so there can be restoration. But that love never changes. You're immediately ready to receive them back. Because God, love, covers all sin. With enough of God's love, you don't let anything hold you to a point of having a grudge. And I've got to wait for years to pass until I finally can love them. Well, you need a dip in the Holy Spirit. Hello. They say, you know, there's a saying, get under the spout where the glory comes out. Right. Old time. Give me that old time religion. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. God is a shield about us and he gives us faith as a weapon in these battles that we must win. Five, head helmet of salvation. Verse 17. I think the helmet of salvation can be my favorite part of the uniform. Like I said, somebody tried to crush me once when I was in law enforcement with a big rock. I know some of you might think I have a big head, a strong head, a hard head. But that boulder would have crushed me. And I was so glad for my backup that drew down and saved my life. We need one another. I understand that our minds can be a battlefield for the enemy's attack. As a man thinketh, so is he. The battle's in the mind. You've heard me preach that so many times. Some of you have been with me 24 years. You've heard me preach that for 24 years. The battle is in the mind. As a man thinketh, so is he. Do you think as a conqueror, as an eagle? Do you soar? Do you think as a chicken, always running and hiding? What do you have for the word of God to hold on to? Do you believe in angels? Or do you just, uh, well, I've read them in the Bible. I'm so afraid. The battle's in the mind. When we accepted Christ, salvation included the covering of the mind. You don't have to go crazy or have a nervous breakdown. God has provided you a helmet that protects your mind from being attacked by the demonic forces that are all around you. But we must put our helmet on. The helmet helps us to remember whose we are. The helmet protects and helps bring to our remembrance the verses of Scripture that need to be applied at different points in the fight. Don't forget your helmet, because when your helmet is off, the body has no choice but to follow. You know, I lost my head. Where's your faith? Why did you lose your head? Because you became carnal. You didn't hold on to the word of God. You didn't rely on the word of God to protect you. You lost your head. Pride got the best of you. Somebody honks at you and honks at you. And instead of you just ignoring them, oh, you're going to chase them down. That's very foolish. Somebody might turn around and blow your head off. Don't forget your helmet. Just think about Goliath. David knew he had to cut off the head as a symbol that everything else about Goliath's stature was ineffective. If the enemy can cut off your head, he can take control over your body. Understand the word of God. Apply the word of God. Meditate on the word of God day and night. Then live by it. Oh, I know all of these things, but I decided to do this. The fool has said in his heart, I will do it my way. 
Sixth sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, verse 17. You must become like a skilled surgeon when it comes to the Word of God. Of all the battle gear discussed, your sword is the only offensive component mentioned. The battle refers to the Word of God as a two-edged sword in two distinct places. Last night I used a sword to expose a cult and their false prophets and prophecies that have lied, 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 lied. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joint and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Hebrews 4.12 The sword, defensive, offensive. In his right hand he had seven stars. From his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword. And his face was like the sun, shining in full strength. Revelation 1.16 Both of these verses tell us how sharp the sword of God really is. It can divide something that seems indefensible from a human standpoint. Who can divide the thoughts and intents of a person's heart but God? As John sees Jesus in Revelation, he sees a two-edged sword coming out of his mouth, which is the word of God. Isn't it marvelous that we have been left with a weapon that is so precise that at every battle, an enemy can be subdued with the sword of the Spirit at every battle. The anointing can come upon us. We use the word of God. The word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword. The word of God can set us free. And bring that person to repentance. Only the Spirit of God can train and teach us how and when to maneuver with such a powerful weapon. Getting dressed for battle is a daily action that every believer must complete during our time of prayer and devotion to God. We must understand not only how crucial it is to be trained by our leaders, apostles if you're under one, and other leadership, but we must also take it upon ourselves to stand before God in prayer and submission. As we seek to be dressed daily for the battles that lie ahead of us. My prayer is that each one of you will no longer sit on the sidelines while you act as a spectator in the battles raging in our society, in our world, in our country, or in our families. No longer can you, as a warrior of faith, sit back comfortably and secure along as your family is not effective. Well, I don't care about the other. That's not what my Bible says. We do care. We are our brother's keeper. If you don't care, something is wrong with your faith. You've been enlisted. It's your time to get dressed and be ready for action. Whether you like it or not, you've been called to active duty. You've got some battles to win. Because if one saint is battling, we need to have all hands on deck until the enemies of God have been subdued and rendered helpless. The war is against the lies of evil spirits and evil men. The battle of the mind is where the devil, evil spirits and evil men that hate God and the Constitution and Bill of Rights attack. Satan wants to condemn us and create doubt and confusion in our mind of who we are in Christ so he can continue the attack against us. But we can win with the word of God, with prayer. When we put on the full armor of God, when we defend one another, we can win, we will win. Go to my website, www. 
worldministries.org, www.worldministries.org, and join today. Subscribe to Eagles Saving Nations as we bring the battle across culture. We fill the stadiums, get back to Pentecost, and let the church arise and go forth with the power and authority of Jesus. God bless you. Shannon? Powerful word tonight. Dr. Hansen, what shall we title this for the archive this evening? The battle is the Lord's. Praise the Lord. Brother Hansen, once again, if someone wants to support your ministry, give that website out again, please. www.worldministries.org. www.worldministries.org. They can donate that way through PayPal, through Zelle, other mechanisms, credit cards. They can telephone 360-629-5248, 360-629-5248, or they can write a check, address it to WMI, put on the envelope, World Ministries International, PO Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. Again on the check, WMI, envelope, World Ministries International, PO Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. My friend, it's an honor to work with you. Thank you for letting us be a part of this broadcast. And I encourage everybody to go to World Ministries. Also join up with Eagles Saving Nations. We look forward to being with you again next week. We love you, my friend, and all of you there at WMI. Thank you, Shannon. God bless you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.